Welcome to the Occupational Safety Leadership Podcast, episode number 88. We're going to continue our journey to talk about safety metrics. And in this uh, episode, we're going to talk about hazard identification and resolution rate. Let's just get right into it. So with metrics, we're looking at a way that we're going to get better. It's also a way to sit down and measure and uh, gauge exactly what we have in, uh, in place now so that we can then say, how do we get better? It sounds kind of funny, of course, but you always have to have a baseline to at least say, is this something that's even worth pursuing? Because if you're already 90, 90 something percent good at it, you know, doesn't mean you, you can't get better. We can always get better at something, but maybe there's something that has a little more value in a positive and proactive way. And this is one of the ways, the hazard identification and resolution rate that I think is a really good way of looking at doing a, a positive and proactive um, stance with metrics. And in this one, we're basically going to identify the hazard. So in this phase, we're going to look at the process of identifying the potential hazards in the workplace. And when we talk about hazards, that could be a physical, chemical, biological hazard, all that good stuff then. And uh, the goal is to minimize in an ideal world, eliminate any form of harm that can happen to the employees, to the environment. Um, I think it's just a really good thing to do on a proactive sense. But let's sit down and break this down just a little bit more. So with the resolution rate, that means that this is going to be after we've identified it, what if we've gone back and addressed and mitigated to make sure that we take these corrective actions? So identifying a hazard is awesome and it's great and all that stuff. But if you don't do anything about it, you didn't do anything but say, yep, we have a hazard and we're just not willing to address it. So you always have to sit down and come up with some kind of a form. Uh, and that not form is in writing, but a form that you've addressed this hazard out there then so and when we think about the uh, corrective actions sometimes it's something as easy as uh, we're going to do a brand new procedure are we going to look at additional training the big one are we going to modify the equipment so it's always easier to buy equipment of course has already been that's um, already been modified it already has the hazards eliminated that's not always a option because many times we're taking over for somebody else who already has a established safety program in in, uh, in place so when we look at the formula course it's going to be your typical formula uh, that's going to be your number of hazards over the total hazards times it by 100 it gives you that real nice percentage uh, i will say with this because not only are you identifying which is the really easy thing, but how do you go back and address it? You should set a realistic expectation out there. Um, it's always easy to say the following things are wrong. The hard part is going back and fixing this thing then. So, and sometimes it seems like it's going to be an easy fix and we put a lot of time and effort and money in, uh, into it. Not that it's not worth it. We just have to have those realistic expectations. And I like to tie tie mine to some form of another metric, like are we doing it on a monthly basis, on an annual basis? Because you could identify five things, but if it takes you a couple of a couple of weeks or or a month for each thing, it's it's really hard to um, 
to have a realistic number. Uh, you could you could have a number that's well into the 50% because it doesn't mean that you're not addressing the issue, but you have to have it completed to then say it's now done and now it counts as an item that has been completed. So if we just look at our um, typical typical math that we're going to do, let's say for example in this one that we're going to do 50 hazards in one year. And it doesn't mean that we're going to stop at 50. Let's just say that because it's really easy math. We just happen to find 50 hazards in, in, in one year. And during the same year, we successfully resolved or mitigated 40 of them. So if we look at the formula, 40 divided by 50 times 100, we have an 80%. So that sounds like a really good number. So obviously it depends upon your workplace and the leadership that's involved i have used this many times and um a lot of people are extremely worried when the percentage is only 40 or 50 percent because they're looking at the math only they're not looking at all the hours that it takes to solve each and every individual hazard that you have identified So when we look at this, of course, obviously a um, uh, a very a very a very high percentage signifies a, a strong commitment to safety and a culture that is uh, really puts the people first. It's really focused on being positive and proactive. A low rate, of course, suggests that you may not be very efficient, not in the hazard identification and resolution, but just in how do you go back and actually resolve these things. Um, I have found that a lot of companies want to do the right thing. I've never met a company that ever said, we want you to cover up hazards. We want you to do this. But it's really hard to estimate um, the money and budget and time uh, and all that stuff. And that's why that I, 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 I try to emphasize to people have that realistic um, expectation. So let's look at some of the uh, positive things that's going to help. It's going to help with reporting of a hazard. When you when you set a culture where people feel that it's uh, okay to report a hazard, they haven't been beaten down. Um, people are are people are ready to help out. Um, I have found that there are some people that uh, not not from not from working at your place, but just in life have just been beaten down and they've been told you don't you don't don't stick your nose where it shouldn't be you know dot 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 you know all of us have heard all the the, the standard answers and um if you can provide a easy and anonymous reporting system that's also going to help out a lot uh the hard part of course is going back and closing that loop on what you did to fix it but the big thing of course is that you're going back you're fixing it and you're doing everything you can to, to tell the person you don't know who that person is uh but you're hoping that the word gets out they see a change they see this kind of stuff uh so that can be hard to, to close the loop on for that one uh promptly investigate uh incidents then so um investigate the report uh the reported um hazards and like all things you can't just say i'm going to go for the low-hanging fruit because that's, that's going to make my percentage high you know that is a strategy that's not a strategy that i would use i'd i'd i'd, I'd focus on the severity of the hazard and then when you get rid of the severity you know uh just because time and effort is not endless out there 
which is also a way that we sit down and we look at how that we're going to fix these, these things. If you do it by the severity and likelihood of the occurrence, uh, which really means that you're going to address the most critical issues first. Uh, I know that we all think that uh, we are the most important person out there, but you may have to have an uncomfortable talk with somebody and say, Joe, thanks a lot. That was great that you um, reported it. Does it mean that we're not going, going to fix it and address it? We just have a lot more critical hazards that we have to focus on now before we go back and focus on yours. Let's look at a couple of more out there. Um, when implementing effective controls, it's also going to help out to, to get people to, to, to see the culture change that's happening out there. Um, some people, of course, are, will probably be a little hesitant at first and say, well, I'm not really willing to uh, participate much. I, I kind of want to see if this thing is going to change. So in the safety field, we do run into there's a lot of flavors of the month. Somebody will start a program. They just don't really see the benefit they thought they were going to get out of it. Not that they don't see a benefit. Uh, and then it just kind of slowly ends and nobody really knows why and all that stuff. So, so some people are a little hesitant. They really want to see what's going to happen first. So I found that it also really helps to sit down and monitor the progress and do everything you can to post these results. If you have some form of an internal internet page, that's awesome. If you have a, uh, uh, a common place that people walk by, you post the metrics and the numbers. And uh, when people when people see this change, they then know that it's a cultural change and not something that's going to go away. Uh, basically, this is the brand new way of uh, operating out there. So, and it's also good to sit down and um, uh, that review and learn what you've done because as the process goes, you're going to look at ways that you can improve up front. You'll also get to a point that when it comes to buying new capital equipment and other things that people say, well, what do we do to buy the safest thing up front as opposed to buying the cheapest? And then when it gets in, uh, in here, we then focus on how to make it safe. So um, that is a strategy that some companies use. And I'd say if, if you can, anything you can do to have the vendor address any issue out there, it's always going to be easier and pay for itself in this. That is it for episode number 88, hazard identification and resolution rate. Uh, a couple of parting thoughts. I know I've already stressed this a couple of times, but set that realistic expectation. Make sure everybody knows that you're going to focus on the severity and not the pure number itself. Say that you have five there and four of them are, are very low potential for um, serious hazard, it's best to focus on the more severe hazard, the serious one first, and then say, then I'll worry about going back. I know at times we feel a lot of pressure to, to show that we're getting stuff done, you know, but just focus on the um, getting rid of the um, severity first and likelihood and then kind of work down. So, that is it for episode 88. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. David Ayers. Thank you and have a safe day.